Hello everyone and welcome to Weekend Rental episode 40. We are everyone's favorite gaming and geek culture podcast. My name is Ryan and as always I'm joined by Andy. Hey. And Nate. What's going on guys? I don't know about you guys but uh, this episode it feels like a bag of sand. Like a a really nice set? Yeah like... Firm, yeah, firm. Bags. Like a nice yeah. sack of sand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Like boobs. Uh-huh. <laughs> Have you guys even podcasted before? <laughs> uh. All right, so let's get into Buy, Rent, Burn, the recurring segment of the podcast where we select a given system and we all pick a game for it. We'll play them individually. And at the end of it, we decide which one we would buy, rent or burn. This episode, we are going with the almighty Atari 2600. Andy has selected Fishing Derby. Nate has gone with Fast Food. And I've selected Vanguard. So let's go back to the top. We're going to do a little description on each one. Um, believe it or not, Fishing Desert Derby actually has the longest description of all these games. Mm, really? Um, and I'll, I'll I'll point out that this was made by the podcast favorite um, favorite game creator David Crane. We all appreciate. Why do you think I much. chose it? I know I figured. <laughs> so the description: Fishing Derby. It's the most beautiful picture you've ever seen in a video game. <laughs> Two wow. fishermen drop their lines into a bay full of golden sunfish. All you have to do is hook them and land them. Easy, huh? Not so fast. A big black shark is right there at the service waiting to warn, uh, waiting to snarf up your catch. Go deep for a big fish or play it safe with the small fry near your surface. Um, but uh, keep pulling them in as fast as you can because the first player to catch his limit is the winner. Fishing Derby. <laughs> it is so beautiful. It is the most beautiful <laughs> game I've ever seen. Two two men just staring each other in their eye as they're trying to fish. I also like how they point out, like, are you going to catch the small fry at the top yeah. or go deep uh, for the big one? just nonchalantly going back and forth, <laughs> yeah. and they don't seem too concerned about it. No. Yeah. That shark has learned to adapt to, like, I feel like he grew up with those fish, but he still has to eat them to live. He doesn't have his, like, normal predatory uh, hunt hunting skills. He just waits for them to get caught, can't run away, and as soon as they're nearby, then he scoops them up and eats them. Uh, that fish is just a jerk, I think. Yeah. I agree. And I like how there's, like, clearly in the description of this, supposed to be some lead-up to the fish at the top are smaller and worth less, and the ones at the bottom are bigger and worth more. Even though it's the same fish or fish sprite for everything, there's yep. no differentiation. Yeah, when you so read stupid. that in the description, I was like, I don't remember seeing bigger fish or smaller no. fish. No. Also, I, they forgot the part where if you're playing against the computer, he's a complete and utter bastard, and you're never going to. <laughs> yeah. Man, that guy's good. He's just like six the shark on you, apparently. Yeah. This I remember playing this game back in the day on the 2600, and the only way it's fun is against a buddy. Then it's competitive, it's entertaining. Yep. You know, lean over and punch the guy next to you for beating you. But uh, <laughs> as a solo venture, this is not the greatest game. No, 
but it really embodies like the 2600 and especially moreover what Activision did with the 2600, which was make a very simple, addictive, intuitive game. Um, and at that, this game totally succeeds. Yeah. Have you guys ever played uh, Ridiculous Fishing? Mobile game? No. Is it by Rob Deerdick? No, unfortunately. Oh, that's too bad. No, it, it's kind of similar. It's like uh, trying to get the hook down to the bottom as far as you can. You know, avoiding fish until you get down to the bottom, catch a really big fish. And then when you oh. start reeling up, you try and catch all the big all the fish that you can on the way out. Oh, that's so exactly how fishing goes. Yeah, yeah. You just need a really, really strong line. <laughs> yeah. Yes. A really big hook. Well, also in the game, when he comes up, then he throws it in the sky and you have to shoot him with a shotgun. But that's... <laughs> That that's, is ridiculous. Yeah, that is the ridiculous part, I think. Um, but that's what this game really reminded me of. Like, on a very simple level, you have to go down, try and get the fish on the bottom that you can, and then avoid the shark at the top. It's been so long since I've played any 2600 game. I don't have a lot of experience with it. So I had to remind myself many times that it is such a simple system, uh, simple games. There isn't going to be anything too sexy or, or whatever. Uh, yeah, I had to remind myself often that it's kind of where it all began. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's humbling to think that that at one point was cutting edge. <laughs> well, oh, it's, yeah. It's really strange in the, what, 40 years since that they haven't made a more beautiful game than that. Right. But it's also impressive that it's still like a solid game that holds up on the 2600 because there are <laughs> literally dozens upon dozens that don't. So mm-hmm. good on you, David Crane. All right, let's get into our next game here. Nate's pick fast food. So the description burgers, fries, shakes, pizza. Flying by at sub-gastronomical speeds, you and Mr. Mouth have to catch him if you can. The higher the calorie count, the better your score. The more calories you consume, the faster the food flies. But beware of the purple pickles. Uh, catch too many uh, and your binge is over. Fast food. It'll satisfy the appetite of every video game hot dog. Wow, that's a catchphrase. <laughs> it is a catchphrase. More like uh, an emoji game. I felt like all these emoji nows are flying at you. Oh, that's very true. Yeah, yes. avoid the purple dong. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, isn't that an eggplant? I should have my wife play. She'd be amazing at this game. <laughs> that's terrible. This is such a strange game. Uh, you play as a pair of lips, I guess. Yeah. And um, yeah, literally everything is flying at you at pretty fast rates i suppose like pizza and soda uh candy and and whatnot and so you um just move around and eat as much as you can i guess i i guess i didn't really understand the the full concept of the game because when you'd get so far into it and it would uh say uh, getting too fat i can't remember how it how like the the level ends yeah. or whatever but it was kind of bizarre and then it didn't continue so i didn't know if i was dead because i had diabetes or no if you have to press the action button to continue uh oh, to kick okay. off the next level 
But yeah, it's sort of like, it's almost a, a, think of it as a shooter, but instead of shooting, you're like absorbing enemies. Yeah. So it's yeah. almost like a twist on the shooter formula. Yeah. Um, it's a fun game. It's, it's, it's kind of the perfect platform for a game like this. It's just simple, you know, mostly moving around. There's not even an action button in this one uh, for the one button that the 2600 had. And funny, funny enough, like my memory of this, like playing it for the very first time as like as a kid at like four or five, probably four. This was pre kindergarten. I got I went to a babysitter in our neighborhood, obviously, my parents worked and they kept us down in like the basement because, you know, we're just we're not human. We're just like babysitter kids. So there's a gate you can't go up. But anyway, uh, the the babysitter lady's like son was probably like 12, 13. And they had an Atari 2600 hooked up. And they played fast food all the time and they'd let me play occasionally, but it was on a black and white screen. So it was like, basically the game changed from like, <laughs> avoid the purple pickle to don't eat any pickle. Cause you cannot tell if that's purple or not. Cause they're all <laughs> flying at you too fast. So it was like, really like, I had no idea that the purple pickle was even an element of this game. I didn't know that there were regular pickles until playing it for this. It was kind of crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's funny. But yeah, yeah, like, what's the end game there? Like, you just get super fat and you win? Like, is that really a victory? Or is that you, just cardiac arrest? I mean, that's... <laughs> isn't that life? <laughs> hey, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Uh, the only thing I don't like about it is that, like, whenever it decides it wants to, it just shoves a purple pickle, like, right at you. Oh, yeah. Like, yep. it's really fast. Can't avoid it. Yep. Like, so there's... It's not a hundred percent skill game, I would say, because no, they can it, still do that. It escalates so fast too. It doesn't like slowly progress. It's like from level one to three. Like three is fucked. One is yeah. like, oh, this is easy. There's no middle ground. Yeah. It is pretty fun though. Um, I've never heard of. I I guess I can say I've pretty much have never heard of most of these twenty six hundred games, except for the really well known ones. But I thought it was pretty enjoyable. Yeah. Well, I feel like this is probably like a more notable game if you grew up in that era, because I feel like okay. this is pretty popular from everyone I knew. But it didn't. I don't know that this had an arcade release, so that's probably why it isn't as wide reaching as mm. maybe like some of the other stuff, like Defender, Missile Command that you see in the twenty six hundred. Right. It did get a uh, Atari Jaguar <laughs> homebrew port, which has a virtual. Uh, fast food where it's like first person view and like shit's flying at your face on the screen. <laughs> that seems unplayable. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's just a guy waving his balls in your face. <laughs> Alright, so let's go on to a play. I just I took it to a bad spot. I'm sorry, guys. It's all good. Uh, Vanguard, my pick. So, description. Join the Vanguard expedition on a thrilling space odyssey, uh, fight your way through the perilous tunnels of Adara uh, to the fabulous city of mystery and destroy the great Gond based on a popular video arcade game. It features four way firing, which it does, I guess. Um, so for anyone who's not familiar, Vanguard is kind of, it's tough to explain. I, I guess it's kind of the first vertical and horizontal scrolling shooter that also had a progressive level uh, I, like 
progressive adventure, meaning that like you didn't just end, you know, a lot of the games at this time just endlessly cycled. This had a progressive map. It had an end boss and then you'd rinse and repeat kind of like hard mode. Um, I don't know that any other game had done this up to that point. So it's kind of a first. And what they mean with four way firing is that your ship has guns on all four sides. Uh, so depending on which button you push up on the D-pad plus the fire button, it shoots that way. And then the only other ex notable thing about it, I guess I'd say, is instead of just like your basic shooting mechanics, is there's these like energy tanks that you can pick up and this badass song that sounds a lot like the Superman song comes in and then you're invincible and you can just crash into shit. So Vanguard, there you go. It was unique in the fact that it had multi-screen progression and like a path. There were very few games in that era that did that on 2600. The only other one that really jumps out at me is maybe like uh, Jungle Hunt or maybe Ven Adventure, I suppose, did that in Hero. But we're talking like a handful. Yeah, I for some reason, I didn't remember that this also did vertical, too. So like when I got to level two, I'm like, wow, this is this is actually really impressive. This is what I picture the 2600 as, like that kind of shooter. Um, I don't know. I don't picture a lot of other games for that system besides shooters. Um, yeah, I thought it was really unique and uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the blueprint of shooters to come after this era. Wait, we're, we uh, played blueprint again? No. Oh, oh gosh, okay. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And the, the only reason I thought to even put this back on here was like, this was my introduction to this game, but I bought that SNK collection for the switch. And, uh, this was a very early SNK arcade game before like the Neo Geo had come out or anything. So I got the chance to play through it in the arcade version. And, um, I gotta say like the 2600 version is not that unfaithful report. It's pretty solid. Like, if you were a kid who was going and pumping quarters in, you know, back in the 80s and got this at home, you'd be pretty stoked. SNK didn't do the port, though, I'm guessing, right? I don't think so. I, I've yeah. never seen any SNK branding or anything, but. Right. They definitely put it in arcades. Huh. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty impressive game. Yep. I mean, it's simple and it, it's simple in its approach. I mean, it's just a basic shooter you don't really have a power-up system other than the again the invincibility which is a temporary thing and just fly around try not to die and then if you get to the boss take him out and uh do it all over again yeah so let's go back up and hear our verdicts andy um which of these games would you buy rent or burn um well overall like these none of these three were really that awful to play. I thought, right? I mean, all good games. Yeah, they're all yeah. ones that I would sit there and be like, "Okay, this is this plays into Atari's strengths and does it pretty well." Um, where a lot of them don't, and that's what happened the last time we did twenty six hundred games. I thought, but <laughs> yeah, we picked a bad crop. <laughs> yeah, um, I I hate to not pick our our uh, friend of the shows game for a buy but i can't do it this time um it's gonna have to it's gonna be my burn i think 
Um, Fish fry? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think I'm going to go with Vanguard as my buy. Because, I th- I mean, that thing, it plays fast. And it's, it's a scrolling shooter. It's crazy. Um, and then, uh, yeah, my, my rent's going to be fast food. Because what a weird concept. Like, why the lips? I don't like the animation of the lips. Let's get that out of the way. That <laughs> something creepy about those lips. It's extremely creepy. Yes. Um, the whole concept is extremely creepy. Yep. Right. And where does the food go once it's gone through the lips? Right. There's no butthole <laughs> on that thing. What happens? That we know of. Yeah. Plus now that, you know, the eggplant emoji has taken on the life that it has <laughs> nowadays, that, that this game kind of makes it a whole lot funnier. Nate, what about you? I I think I got to kind of side with Andy on this. Uh, Vanguard, I thought, was pretty impressive for the Atari 2600 and um, had a little more depth to it. And uh, I liked the, the playability and the speed of the game as well. So Vanguard's definitely going to be my buy. Um, and I would agree. Like, none of these games were awful where it's a very clear clear decision so um there's got to be a loser i suppose so i would say fishing derby as well would be the burn um but not by much and fast food um remind me of an an addicting mobile game in a way but uh sure pay two dollars now you can play another match (laughs) <laughs> right. And now that Andy has mentioned about the eggplant emoji, it, it kind of weirds me out even more now. <laughs> uh, you know those developers do what they were doing with the purple pickle. Like, come on. Like, everybody's like, oh, we're totally going to get this in the game. Like, nobody's going to notice it. It's going to be great. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to I'm going to completely concur with you guys. Um I like all of these games. They're all great games for the Atari 2600. It's just Fishing Derby has to be the burn simply because it's not a game you're going to sit down and sink like an hour into. You're going to play a couple matches with a buddy. That's where it's best and it's fun. Um, Fast food is great, but it's that difficulty ramp up. And just like Andy mentioned, the forcing like it, it, it shoves the pickles at you at some points just to make you lose, which is not good game design. and I'm a fan of shooters. Vanguard blew me away when I was a kid. Um, you know, keep in mind this was like pre Super Mario Brothers. So the fact that like a game had like a linear path like that and you could see the progression was kind of yeah. mind blowing to see something that just wasn't one screen. So I've always loved it. Um, so selfishly, I kind of knew going in that I was most likely going to pick this, but it was a tougher choice than I thought because these are all really good games. But I would buy Vanguard. For sure. In fact, I'm pretty sure I still own it, so I think I have bought it. I think I own all these. Maybe not fast food, but yeah. It was a good round for the 2600. Like, all of those games were definitely very enjoyable, even in 2019 now. I played them longer than I thought I would. Yeah. So, like, five minutes? (laughs) A little bit longer than that, but... Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, another Byron burn in the books. Atari presents its newest star. Vanguard. Just like the arcade. Thick zone. Let me show them the mountain zone. Hey, check it out. Get the energy pod. So long, Harley Rockets. Hey, the rainbow zone is my turn. You can shoot in four directions. All right. I'll just freeze to the stripe zone. The wall. The wall. Yeah. But, fellas, who destroys the gond? Luther destroys the gond. <laughs> Vanguard is here only from Atari. All right, so moving on from Byron Byrne, uh, let's talk about the adventure that we all just shared over this last week. And we went out in the wild, the wilds of the Dakotas. We braved the snow, we braved the crowds, and we went retro game hunting. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, well, it varies a little bit, but uh, the majority of this podcast is North Dakota. We've got some Minnesota influence. I guess it's a little split. We're like Minnesota, North Dakota based. And uh, in our area, there is a store just south of us in South Dakota that runs annually a half-off inventory sale on their used video games. And they carry everything from current gen to retro. Um, And as collectors, none of us can pass that opportunity up. So we load up a car. We wake up at 5 in the morning like all self-respecting adults with families, responsibilities, and children to care for. And we, throw all that, we throw all that aside and we drive three and a half hours south to buy video games from our childhood because <laughs> that's the kind of stand-up citizens we are. And uh, what a weekend it was. It. Oh, yes. It was fantastic. It was real good. That whole... So this is the second year we've done it. And it... Uh... It's slightly overwhelming uh, because there are so many people and you stand yes. in line and you're waiting and they have, they have two locations. So you got to hit both locations and just the sheer amount of people, I think amps it up where you're like, okay, everyone's going for NES games, which that's not true, but you feel that way that everybody's going after the same things you're going after. Yeah. And that, the, those retro games that you have to use a kiosk to get, there is some urgency when you get there. You want to pick your games, get to the counter, pay for them, because somebody else could print out the same tickets yeah. and get it before so, you. So. Let's explain that a little bit. So these two stores are unique in anything that we've ever seen in our collecting careers, and that normally when you go into a video game store that sells new and used inventory, there is a wall of games. You grab them off the shelf. Sometimes in the case of retro gaming, there's a glass case. You need to ask someone for assistance. They'll pull it out for you. What happens in these stores is anything that is cartridge-based, anything that is considered retro. Um, And they also throw in um, some 3DS, Vita, and um, Switch. like the carts. Switch into this. Yeah, I think it's just like stuff that doesn't really make sense on the shelf. Basically, they have two computer terminals set up with their inventory. And you're essentially selecting the image off of the computer terminal. You print a receipt and then you take that receipt to the counter and they get the game for you. So if you can imagine as you're walking into a situation like this with a line of like 60 people, you have to queue up in this line. You have to find the game you want and then you have to print the receipt and run up to the counter before some other asshole gets it from you. Uh, So like it's this insane amount of buildup of pressure as Nate was describing because you can't just grab the thing off the shelf, shove some 13 year old out of the way and go pay for that thing and move about your day. You have to like. It's just 
unbearable, like the amount of like pressure. You're looking at the guy next to you like, oh shit, is he printing the same thing as me? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Right. Like, is the guy going to find the game in, in there before the guy next to me has the same receipt? Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of things some up of those, in the Some of those retro guys, you could tell, like, they were putting the hustle on to get to the counter. I think we were kind of doing oh, yeah. the same thing as well. Where we oh, yeah. we went in with a plan. So Ryan we and I list. sat down on Monday with the list and we're like, okay, these are the games I'm going for. These are the ones you're going for. I will try to get to the kiosk first. You kind of scope the room out and just, you know, hand sweep those shelves, put it in your basket, and then meet me at the kiosk. And I actually got to the kiosk very fast. Yeah, uh, you did. The first one. And uh, I don't think that allowed Ryan enough time to really scope everything out. Sadly, it's so much fun. But it did allow us to get virtually everything we wanted on our initial list. I think we missed out on nearly two games which was a bummer but we did beat um another area collector and reseller a friend of ours so it's a little bittersweet but you know all's fair in uh love and 50 percent off game hunting so. <laughs> the the funny thing is like you think you see that huge line and you're like like you said you're like all these guys are after my games the ones that i want they're gonna i i gotta beat them to it yeah and in reality like we get in there and there's like 20 people like hustling each other over the Wii games. And it's like, this yeah. is not what I thought. <laughs> yeah. No, I couldn't believe the amount of people just like focused on PS4, Xbox and Wii. Yeah. It was unbelievable. But I'll even go a little bit further and say, I can't believe. So besides video games, they were also doing, uh, music vinyl. vinyl was huge, and yes. books and the amount of people, buying books like yeah scurrying like they waited in line to get books it just blew my mind <laughs> like really is that a, is that even a thing and they were there was people quite a don't people read come on <laughs> right yeah that was it was shocking though because like that line really peeled off it like it veered further into the other stuff because so generally like what has happened in the past is they've done this sale on three separate weekends it's been like movies a game weekend and then a books and like music and this year they condensed it down to two so like the music the games the books all being on one weekend it really split the crowd a little bit like there were more people lined up but less for the games so the only like major disappointment i think we all did well i'll say that right now i think we all got good deals maybe not as rare of stuff as we would have liked um and part of that is that I swear they lied about this, but it says 50% off of all inventory and he used inventory, but they have a category that they deem as collectible and rare. Um, so Nate and I had a couple top tier NES games. Nate was going for mighty final fight. Um, I was going to pick up snow brothers. We went up to the counter to ask for them cause you couldn't print the receipt for some reason. If it was in a box and in a display case, you couldn't print the receipt. And then they tell us, no, if it's collectible rare, you just can't do it. It's not on the sale. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, sorry, I thought we were clear about that. I'm like, where in the ad that you put out that didn't say anything <laughs> about that? Where are you clearing that? And I uh, actually so we, feel like that was new this year because yeah, I feel like last year you could pull some of that stuff. There wasn't a lot of that stuff last year, but I don't know. Right. And there wasn't a lot this year, but there were definitely a couple that we both um, yeah. were. I mean, we talked all week about how excited we were to get those things. Then to get down there and be told you couldn't buy them. Uh, was a little 
there was, was a, a little moment we were we were slightly disappointed for about five minutes walking around like moping. But yeah, and then you're like, oh wait, there's more video games. Let's keep going. <laughs> right. I I yeah. feel that the highlight for me, uh, besides all the video games and all that stuff, was it was a lot of fun. But one of the funniest moments was in the first store we went to. There were a couple of young teenagers, maybe 14, 15, and one guy had um, a pretty large stack of PS4 games, and I think there was some Wii games in there. And this other kid is like trying to explain to him, hey man, you're going to regret this, spending all that money on, on those video games. That's really dumb. As he's holding a Wii fishing pole, <laughs> and I was, and the guy, the kid was looking at him like, "You're gonna regret buying that stupid wee fishing pole." They were walking around the whole store talking about it. It was, it was so weird and hilarious at the same time. That is amazing! Wow. Yeah. Uh. I had to point it out right away. I was like, "Hey, <coughs> Ryan, you see this kid here? It was so ridiculous." Yeah. No, it was. It was um, it was hectic, but it was really fun. I'm glad we all did it again. Um, can't wait to do it next year. And you know, most of the people you run into there are cool. It's like being at a convention, right? Like we're all jockeying for the same thing. But you know, I I had idle chit chat with a few people too, and just like what they got, and they were asking me, and that's always fun. Yeah, yeah. And Definitely. any chance we can get to go out game hunting, you know, we're all on this podcast. We're all pretty busy people with lots of uh, competing interests for our time, and um. We don't get to do that that often anymore. I mean, other than MGC, this is kind of our only other big let's go for it. So it's it's fun. And the vinyl sale was good. I got some good vinyl finds, like really surprising stuff. So some pretty underground, like punk rock and a metal album that I didn't expect in a million years to see at that sale. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's kind of that worked out for you. Yeah. I had to wait in line while everybody else bought finals. That kind of sucked. There was, I was surprised that like, I guess I knew the vinyl collecting scene was big, but I was surprised. I think maybe the turnout was like close to 50, 50, but it was like 40, 60 and like 40 being vinyl. It was, it was kind of amazing. Yeah. It's good stuff. But you guys, uh, so after the sale, I, uh, headed north and you guys continue to head south tell me a little bit about your adventures that continue yes yeah so north for nate being home he headed home and then andy and i being we were already at sioux falls decided well if we go straight south rapid city is about an hour and a half and then omaha is about an hour from there so let's just make a weekend of it um and we decided in on the way down we would skip rap or Sioux City altogether, go straight to Omaha because there was a store that we liked that was going to close at 6 p.m. that Saturday and not open Sunday. So that was kind of the decision we made. Um, and then, you know, on the drive down, we're just like, man, beautiful weather, no snow. It's like, I can't <laughs> believe this perfect weekend. This never happens. And then what do we do? We hit a blizzard uh, in Omaha. And uh, even <laughs> though you guys Omaha. Didn't tell me that. Yeah, yeah, it was like a shit show. So even though Omaha is only like six and uh, six and a half hours south of where we live in good old North Dakota, the the preparation um, and the understanding of like how to drive in snow, a but then also clear and manage snow. Like the infrastructure is not there. 
people get a little spooked by it. So it was kind of nerve wracking. I'll be honest. I was a little uh, freaked out because I'm driving my wife's car, which is a pretty new vehicle. And I'm like, she's going to kill me. Like if I smash this thing up, if something <laughs> hits me, like it's all over. Uh, but it did work out. It was a little, it was a little intense for a little bit. I was, I was kind of nervous about it, but I think after like the first couple stops that kind of passed. Um, and yeah, we had a hell of a time. We, we hit, boy, I don't know. Oh, we stops? hit so many. Yeah, we hit so Plus many targets. Stores. Yeah, we we did a ton of stuff. Um, we got a lot of weird stuff, like two stores in particular: Ben's Game Zone and Pop Culture Exchange. I think they're called. Yep. Uh, we filled up on geez, 3DO Jaguar. I got an AES card. AES, like, yeah, Neo Geo, Import Saturn. Yeah. Which I tried to talk you out of getting that pervy one, but you had to have it. So, <laughs> for, for the record, I'm going to go on record. If my wife ever finds this pervy ass Saturn game that I bought in my collection, I was like, ah, this looks pervy. I better. And he's like, no, no, you got to do it, dude. Like, you're the import Saturn. Like, you have to go for it. Yeah. Like, okay, I'll get it. That, that's part of being an import Saturn guy, is being into, hentai, way into hentai. I guess. <laughs> I felt a little embarrassed bringing it up to a, because there were only two people working at their store and they were both women. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, I did think about that. Not, yeah. <laughs> it's like buying a Playboy at a gas station. It's not uh, good. <laughs> but yeah, we had uh, we had some amazing stops. Like I will say, there's like there are two stores down there that are just Omaha is bigger than like you know the metro area that we live in, um, but not that much so that. I can't believe how much better the selection of, of stuff was. Um, it's not unlike where we're at yet. We have nothing even comparable yeah. in that, in that space. Um, no, you wouldn't ever it, see a Jaguar game or no God, no any of that stuff. That's you don't even see domestic uncommon. Saturn stuff, let alone import. Right. And then just the, the target clearance, like we hit four or five targets and we finally hit one that was like gold, uh, that had, didn't have any of the $5 games that have been happening. Those were all cleared up, but we get, we got a lot of, uh, Xbox, PS4 and, and 3DS stuff dirt cheap. Yeah. So. And you got and, a Pokeball, Andy. Yeah. I somehow found a Pokeball on the toys section. That for is $15 plays for Pokemon. Let's go. Yeah, brand new, not repackaged, brand new. <laughs> Blows That's my amazing. mind. Yeah, that was a yeah. good deal. Um, it was good. It was. I can honestly say I think that it's probably my favorite. Like the whole the whole weekend was probably my favorite game hunting road trip that I've done. Like it was just like no complications. Everything went smooth. Like the stuff we found exceeded my expectations. I mean, it, it wasn't like the type of trip where you go into a thrift store and find a $50 game for a dollar, but like the type of stuff we found at fair to slightly under like eBay prices in person was, was great. And then obviously the half off sale was a killer deal. Right. And then that's the thing. Like a lot of the weird stuff that we got, that's you see that in stores, they'll have like one Jaguar game and it's like 50% markup because they're like, well, I don't get this stuff in. So I just want to have it here and I'll charge whatever the hell I want for it. That yeah. didn't happen here. Like they were pretty much below eBay price on a lot of that stuff. So yeah, for sure. And which doesn't make sense. Cause yeah, like you said, usually there's markup cause they have physical space, but everything was 
you know, we looked up prices and it's like, well, I can't argue with this because it's better than I'd get with shipping on something else. So yeah, it was great. It was, it was absolutely great. And for those of you listening, if you follow us on YouTube at weekend rental, we are going to put together um, the Saturday uh, Sioux Falls piece. We'll have a little bit of clips that we shot along the way. And then I think the goal is we're all going to share our top five gets from the weekend. Um, and then beyond just the Sioux Falls half off sale, on my personal YouTube channel, Vigigamer, I'll have an extended cut with extra clips of Andy and I continuing on from there. So it uh, it was impressive. And Andy came home with some awesome stuff. Nate came home with the most current gen stuff I've ever seen from a guy who was only going to collect NES. And then I got a, I got a stack of stuff too. So it was great. I, I love that. I loved... Uh, so my, my councils have definitely expanded... Uh, now that I hang out, we with are you terrible guys. influences. <laughs> I have. I'm just saying. I have a GameCube. I have a Wii U. I have a PS4. And Saturn. Actually, I have a Saturn. Yeah, and I really. This is probably the most fun I've ever had game hunting because I've always been very specific. Like NES, NES, NES. If I don't find anything, then I'm done. And uh just to be hunting for so many different things was, I yeah. really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun for me. And, you know, Ryan was like, this game, this game, and just stacking me up with like, here's a GameCube game, you should check this one out. And actually it gave me some freedom to even like look and be like, oh, this kind of looks interesting. I'm going to pick it up. And 50% off, I'm not going to regret it. You know, I'm paying $7 for PS4 games. And um, yeah, I just. I had so much fun and actually, you know, I came back energized to game hunt. Like you kind of get in a funk after a while and, and just, it feels stale where you're not finding anything and just, it really energized me to keep on looking and, um, yeah, to expand the collections for all the other systems that I have now. So, yeah, I would say that's like the perfect sentiment. Cause you know, I share that too. Like, and I've I've collected for multiple systems for many years and like it's easy to get down and like now nah, there's nothing out there, everything's picked over, but it uh really changed with this weekend. It was a great great experience and an eye opener. Can we talk about uh Superman? Oh yes, yes, please. So we forgot to mention that. Outside of game hunting, we went to a barcade in Omaha. Uh I think it was just called Beercade. Yep. Uh, we we walked in. It was late after all the stores had closed. It was like, well, not late, like ten. We're old, so ten <laughs> is late to us. Uh, and the upper level was a cool barcade, and it was just like in a hipster area of town, full of like hipster kids. And not I felt us. Super uncomfortable, right? But then it turned out they had a basement, and you could go down there with all the people that weren't hipsters or twenty. And, and they put a gate $3. up, and we have to stay down there. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> old people, you can't go up these steps. Uh, it was three dollars. Play all you want. So we went down there and hung out, and Andy pointed us in the direction of a game that was kind of incredible. Yeah, I've never played that game. I think Taito made it. Maybe. Yep, Taito made it. Yep. Yeah. What's uh, it called? It's, it's just Superman. It, it's just Superman. Yeah. And it's two player. Like the other person spawns in is like a red Superman. <laughs> Same exact sprite, just color swapped. Yep. And it is a hundred times better than that one that we played on here. That Death and Return of Superman. Yeah. Like you just kind of float around wherever and just start punching and kicking and it just feels kind of comical. Yeah, it was great. It was like every, so there was like multiple, I guess you'd call them worlds, but they all are areas and they came in three stages. 
First one, you could fly uh, horizontally or walk across the screen horizontally, beating shit up. Second one was essentially the elevator level, except you're flying vertically, punching shit. And then the third one turns into a uh, vertical scrolling space shooter where you can shoot laser beams out with like actual like shooter bosses with like weak points and like patterns. It was awesome. Yeah. Nice. And for $3.25 to unlimited play, that's amazing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was incredible and like that game was so ahead of its time. Like and I can't believe no one's ported this. I've never knew of this version. It was so much fun. Um Yeah, cuz it was the 80s, wasn't it even? It yeah, looked like yeah. it looked like 92 I've or something. I've never heard of it. And and then like regurgitated like a lot of sprites and just did like color swaps, but then I loved at the final stage all of a sudden like these like uh Playboy bunny evil characters pop out of you, but they have like nothing covering their boobs. So they're just like bunny women hopping at you with like their tits out. It was, and then they grab you and like hump you for a little bit. No, that was the dude. Like the dude was like humping you. Yeah, so we were trying to punch the dudes off of each other because there's one thing Superman ain't about. It's about humping other dudes. He's all Lois Lane (laughs) is his woman, through and through. He'll let the bunnies around if he wants. Yeah, maybe, maybe just occasionally. But fantastic game. I can't. I cannot believe I've that this hasn't come out somewhere in some collection. I had no idea it existed. It was great. Yeah. I always thought it was like the old Sunsoft one or something like that, but yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just happy that we got to play it that way. Cause like if it was on top and it was a quarter a piece, we might be like, ah, okay. We get the game, you know, to keep right, popping but quarters in. It. But yeah, if it's unlimited, you just, just beat it, you know, and see what the yeah. end is. Yeah, it was great. And we had, there was other stuff down there. It was awesome. Operation Wolf. Um, we get to play Akari Warriors with that omnidirectional controller, which yeah, that is fantastic. Was cool. Super Off-Road, another one of my favorites. Yeah. Although I didn't stand a chance because I'm just going to be pretty good. Game. I'm pretty yeah. all right. And there was some pinball, so it was a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm slightly jealous I couldn't go with you next guys year, on man. the rest of the weekend. Hopefully next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might have to... But those other stores that we kind of discovered that might have to be a every year get those. Yes. Weather permitting, it's gotta happen. Yeah. I think it typically falls like second, third week in January, right? Right. Which is typically like the shit show where we live. Like Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it worked out for the most part. It wasn't bad. Except I woke up feeling like a sack of crap, which I kind of attributed to the fact that we went to that arcade, played for two hours, and then went next door and ate burritos, and I didn't wash my hands. <laughs> so I thought I was going to throw up most of Sunday, and then like to wake up in the morning and realize you feel like you got hit by a bus, and that you have to get in a car and drive yourself home, and you can't just stay in bed is kind of deflating. I I powered through it. I think the, the Buffalo Wild Wings stop we made for supper, kind of, you know, the wing power. That helped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was so much fun. Yeah. Stuff. We gotta do it more often if we can. But that's the hard yes. part. That is the hard part. Families, jobs. Yeah. Girlfriends on the side. It all takes time. So Well, those are yeah, I'm games are more important than that. Of us. Me. True that. True that. 
Nate's my boyfriend, everybody. Just, we've been hiding it for Whoa. too long. He, everyone heard him say he loved me on the last podcast. This is uh, it's coming full It's out now. It's oh, out. Gosh, it's out. I'm that bunny, and you're that Superman. <laughs> so, what do you guys? Uh, what have you guys been playing? Anybody like been playing anything new? I we I know we probably haven't dove into our pickups so much. Um, Personally, I, I finally dusted off the Castlevania Requiem collection or whatever with uh, yeah. Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood. I started that the other night, last night actually. Got about an hour into that. Uh, forgot <laughs> the perils of memory card based gaming and <laughs> died. And I was like, shit. <laughs> I didn't save. Like, well, of course there's no auto save. This game came out on the PlayStation. So. I gotta restart it, but boy, I I definitely see what people mean with that game being kind of a showpiece on that system because right away that soundtrack hits you, and those visuals these days, like granted I've got it on a sixty-five inch and it's letterboxed and distorted, and when you're playing that, it still looks good. It still looks good, and it controls great. It controls a lot like those GBA games that I was more familiar with, having kind of skipped Symphony of the Night, but really into that that was that was awesome and then i played a little bit of sweet home which i picked up on nes on the trip which for anyone who's not familiar that was kind of a capcom a lot of people consider it kind of like the first horror game came out in japan never came over here i got a repro of it for 25 dollars, which is a steal um english translation very cool game very creepy vibe um every character's got like kind of a unique ability so there's a little bit of um role-playing and a little bit of strategy to the puzzles uh very neat yeah when you sent that picture over i was trying to figure out what the heck sweet home was i was like i it's one i've never heard i don't have it what's you know <laughs> yeah how, how is that even possible and i had to look a it lot up. of people a lot of people were buying it like it, it was kind of like a big kick like maybe two years ago on youtube but even then i think the cheapest repros i saw before shipping were maybe like 36 so when we found it in that store for 25, I, kn- I knew there was no way I was leaving that. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. It's hard to get any, I mean, any repro at 25 is pretty much the minimum, right? Right. Yeah. That's you figure good. the time investment alone. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's true. Yeah. So very cool. Yeah. I haven't been playing a whole lot. Uh, awesome games done quick. Speed run thing was all last week. So I spent a lot of time watching that. And I got to say, I missed it, but I need to go back and watch it. They did Mohawk and Headphone Jack as a oh speedrun. Well, don't watch that. You're just gonna, you're just gonna throw up. I, I I had to laugh because most of the night they were talking about it, and they were like, "Yeah, bring your vomit sacks." Blah 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 blah. And it's like, <laughs> man, this must be everybody knows. That is notorious. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm currently playing uh, Spider-Man on the PS4. Nice. I got that for my birthday a couple weeks ago uh, from my wife, and it it's fun. It's it looks amazing, and um, I did get a little queasy playing it when you're like swooping, like constantly swooping. It took me a little while to kind of just get used to that motion. I was like, oh my gosh, all right, Spider-Man, let's walk for a while. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've actually been playing it with my son. He's kind of 
just been sitting next to me watching the story unfold. And so we kind of made an agreement that I wouldn't play it unless he's present, just so he can see kind of what's been happening or what's going on. And uh, it's uh, it's an enjoyable game. It it deserves all the credit it gets. It's very fun. Yeah, yeah, good story too for a, a superhero game. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how far I actually am in yet. I I don't know if there's a percentage meter or anything like that. Um. Nice. I don't even know where I'm at in the story, but yeah. Yeah, so speaking of Spider-Man, um, a couple weeks back, this was, yeah, about two weeks ago now, um, my family and I decided to go to a movie. We checked out uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. And I, like, I'll preface that with, like, I am not, I don't, I mean, I watch the Marvel movies. I don't care. I didn't grow up reading comics. I'm not even that into superheroes. Uh, but that is... A fantastic movie um the animation's great the characters are great the voice acting is great it's got an art style that i've never seen done um in an animated feature like that it's just an incredibly enjoying movie that enjoyable movie that kind of appealed you know so like the range for my kids you know, we're talking like five and seven um and me in my mid-30s we all enjoyed it for different reasons um i will i will say that i think that is the best superhero movie i've ever seen and I think it's like the best Marvel movie that I've seen. I cannot recommend that movie enough. It was awesome. So good. So, so good. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I definitely want to see out. that one, too. I think, uh, I don't know if I can talk my wife into it, but it looks really good. It looks really fun. I think my kids would enjoy it, too. Yeah, I think we're probably like two months from a physical release on that, probably at this point. Right. So. It's just one of those things like pick it up on Blu-ray and just kick back and enjoy it. It's it's great. I, I just I love too. like in the intro section, they make a jab at the awful <laughs> Sam Raimi Spider-Man sequence where Peter Parker's like dancing down the street, like in that Spider-Man 2. It's just like so cringeworthy. And I just laughed so hard there. I mean, keep in mind, this movie's been out forever at this point. So like there's like eight people in the theater and I was just like dying. Like I'm sure everyone's like, what's wrong with this? idiot?" <laughs> but uh it was so funny it's uh it's really good and like they did a good job of like i'm sure you guys are aware that through the previews um like spider pig is in there you know obviously a more cartoony like acme type character compared to the context of the rest of the world yeah but they do a really good job of balancing that within the story and like how they introduce the different layers and characters so by the time they throw everything at you plus the kitchen sink you're kind of like far enough into the story that it's not absurd it's it's kind of impressive huh. and they're all just really well developed characters too for the most part um even though they're all spider-man they all have really good backstories hmm. well maybe not spider pig but the rest of them <laughs> <laughs> uh. yeah i can't recommend that enough You guys been watching gaming news at all? Uh, not much. I know the probably the big thing that we haven't talked about is Bungie and Destiny. That is a big one. Going off to uh, self-publish their own game, and they're taking Destiny with them, which is kind of incredible. Yeah, I, I mean, so when we think about like Bungie's history, and Bungie has always put out great stuff. You know, Bungie was acquired 
by Microsoft before they released what came to be known as Halo. I think they were working on Halo, but it was in a different incarnation. So, you know, that stuff got released and they worked with them for a decade. And then they get bought up or go exclusively to Activision. So really, as a studio, they haven't had full freedom in 20 years. So to be financially viable to do that and then still get to carry the Destiny brand. I mean, I can't believe they pulled that off. Like, yeah, to, I don't know. To allow Activision to take that. Yeah, I don't know what they had to do to take that that away, but like that's like their newest like uh, franchise. So it's like crazy to take so, it away. Somebody was eating somebody's purple pickle. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so that went down. <clears throat> so I'm excited because I think there's a chance that we could maybe not. Maybe we won't get Destiny three. Maybe we won't get. Um, that but maybe we'll get a fully realized vision of what they wanted to do with destiny i think it's kind of notorious at this point that um you know they were just sort of rushed in getting destiny out and they scrapped a lot of it you know in in the same way that they were rushed to get halo 2 out and that game wasn't what it should have been so you know i'd be okay if bungie was the studio like rockstar where i'm not getting a game um, except for every seven or eight years, but if I'm getting a game that's gonna keep me entertained for three years from that release, I think that's that's a appealing proposition. Or maybe they don't make another big game. Maybe it's they focus all their effort on just a continuing weekly, you know, update. Yeah. Because I think that's like the biggest problem with Destiny is like I like Destiny too, but then when I was done with it, I like I I'm done. I didn't go back. Yeah. You know, I played it. So, like, if you just made that into, well, this is the game you have to check in every week, or you know, then yeah. Then do I you think, think they that... could do that though with Destiny Two, or do you think they need to shake free of that and like set a new standard? I kind of feel like they have to do something, yeah, to break true. off of that. Because not that they aren't capable of bolting on and turning it into a more community based game but i think they almost need to just shed some of that to move forward yeah yeah who knows what they they do with that so there was some other big news too with another studio i don't know if you guys heard it all about these uh lawsuits with gearbox (laughs) (laughs) former I i forget his name um but it was the head of Gearbox. Basically, they're taking him to court uh, for siphoning off. Basically, at the time when the company was telling employees they couldn't afford incremental raises because they were just light on uh, cash resources, um, <laughs> their leader had siphoned off $12 million, roughly, into his oh, yeah. own personal business. Um, so then, Tents are tight. <laughs> right. <laughs> so then there's been all these other accusations between him and another colleague. Um, the old ex colleague is basically saying, well, he did all this stuff and he also had a thumb drive that he left at a party at work that had a bunch of company documents, but also had a bunch of child porn on there. Wow. <laughs> so like, it, yeah, it's just basically turning into this like civil suit and there's like a bunch of slander and then it had all kind of been dismissed as like hearsay and accusation, but I can't remember the guy's name. But he was on a podcast recently and he basically explained the whole pornography story as, no, that's not true. What happened is I'm I'm not into child pornography. I'm interested in cam girls, which uh, for anyone who's not familiar, I guess is like 
the girls that do like live shows and you like tip them or whatever. But basically he claimed that he saved the video on the USB drive as sort of like a research for a magic chick because or a magic trick because he claimed the woman faked an orgasm and he wanted to figure out how she did it. And I was like, that is the worst <laughs> fucking I did it but didn't do it story I've ever heard. Oh, that is hilarious. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's all hearsay. It's all accusation. But, like, when that <laughs> when that story came out from the dude himself, I was like, oh, boy. And then, like, he's always, like, on Twitter, like, claiming, like, well, it's nice. You realize who your true friends are. You know, I'm a family man and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you're a family man who analyzes cam girl videos to figure out their magic tricks, huh? That's, That's finally somebody's figuring it out, how those girls are faking those orgasms. We're going to get to the bottom of this. It's 2019. <laughs> well, this shouldn't be a mystery anymore. Uh, wow. Yeah. Hilarious. I, I read that story and I was just like, wow. I can't believe a, a lawyer didn't advise you to come up with a better story than this. I've been reading about uh, our friends at Red Dead Redemption that they've been in the, the Pinkerton in the news scandal. as well. <laughs> yeah. For another lawsuit. Uh, the actual Pinkerton consulting and investigation <laughs> company is going after them. Uh, I think they gave them a cease and desist saying that uh, they can't use their name. And um, I think Red Dead is going back saying it's historical. Right. It should be okay. It's, it's like saying you're shooting a Western, mess. but you can't say that it's in the United States of America. I mean, right. It's just... Yeah, it's so ridiculous. It's kind of it's kind of how it is these days though. Like if I mean we're we're looking at uh the dance moves and Which got removed from Forza, did you see that? No. no. They took him out we're of Forza like, oh, now. Oh shit, Fortnite's going down. Yeah. <laughs> Which there's a new one too. Did you guys hear about this? For Fortnite yeah. like Orange Boy or whatever, like apparently yeah. He like applied to some contest even, and they're still, and they never sold it for money, and then the parents are still suing. Jeez. Yeah, this is this is kind of where our society is going, where they think they can copyright dance moves, they think they can copyright historical events or, <laughs> or whatever. It, it's right. It's so ridiculous. It, it's. It's over the top, and it's sad that it's going this way right now. It is nuts. And beyond lawsuits, uh, Fortnite, as I was reading, has also become like a hotbed for uh, um, credit card fraud and scams yes. on the internet. Like, apparently, that's a huge business because people get a credit card, they create an account, they buy like $150 worth of crap, and then they go sell the account on eBay for like 30 bucks. Well, they get the cash, the card's yeah. stolen, you know. So apparently this is like a $250,000 a week or something sort of, I mean, that's, that's not necessarily fraud. That's just, that's how much money is passing through eBay on Fortnite related products. So Jeez. yeah, huge, huge deal. That's amazing. I've seen some of those, uh, like even on Craigslist, when you're kind of flipping through the gaming section and someone is like selling my, uh, my wow account for ten thousand uh, dollars yeah it, I, to me I'd, yeah. I'd never be like yes i'm going to purchase that but now's the time so to get in <laughs> yeah People's well to your point like you know when you talk money. about wow like it 
it shows that like this sort of activity is nothing new, but like when you get to the scale and like the fervor that like Fortnite is at right now, it's just oh, so yeah. appealing to people who have ill intentions. Oh because, yeah. Because as big as WoW ever was, like it wasn't this hard into the mainstream. As I mean, this is this appeals to like anybody and everybody with a brain. Like you can't turn a corner and not see Fortnite. And if, right. And if you're a person who wants to screw somebody, boy, Fortnite sure seems like a a good option to cash in on. Yep. Yep. Fortnite. The, it always comes back to them. It's always the problem. That's why we enjoy games that don't require credit cards. Yes. Yes. I will say that one good thing has come out of Fortnite, and that is um, them just being like, uh, yeah, the, the Better Business Bureau, they're kind of a bunch of putzes. Because I don't know if you guys heard this story, but the Better Business Bureau put out a published published article that said that uh, epic games and Fortnite got an f rating because none of the like hundred and some response or like submissions to the better business bureau about Fortnite were answered to which they said uh yeah we don't work with the better business bureau they're not like a government agency yeah we they have our own helplines our own customer service so suck it and yeah. i was like thank you like <laughs> that makes perfect sense yes <laughs> If you're the type of person who's unhappy with their Fortnite account and you're going to the Better Business Bureau, you probably don't deserve to get any help. <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? That said, you could probably call up the BBB and say, oh, I, I just want your $100 premium account. And they'll be like, okay, you're an A-plus now. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And I will... So, I thought that was interesting, but I will give... Uh, as much as I, I think on this podcast we were not like overly impressed with Fortnite as a game, I think its power has led to um, some amazing things in the industry as far as what they've been able to do on platforms and um, publishers and hardware companies who have been unwilling to help customers in certain areas. Uh, we've got the example of uh, voice chat just working natively on the Switch for uh, Fortnite. Epic Games made that happen because they're that dominant in the market. And they also knocked down the doors through pressure um, and fan base for Sony to unlock cross-platform play uh, with Fortnite. And that has spilled over. Um, There are benefits to other games and other publishers. We've got Fortnite on there now, but uh, Sony has announced that Rocket League now is going... It's still in beta, but it's officially cross-platform. So... I love Rocket League. I think cross-platform made sense all along. So if it takes a juggernaut like Fortnite to, you know, kind of bring Sony to their knees and realize that, yeah, maybe we could play nice in other arenas. I think that's kind of a big step. And uh, Rocket League deserves, you know, all the recognition and all the cross-platform play for the community that it's got. So I think that's a that's a positive out of the whole Fortnite everywhere <laughs> situation. Well, that and the the store too, the Epic Store, where they're yes going to be charging only twelve percent. Like that's that's going to be huge for a lot of indie dev- developers. I think you're going to see a lot of them over there, probably even with exclusivity for a while. Yeah, what Ubisoft game was that? That was like, nope, we're gone from Steam. Um, it's not Siege, but what's the other one? Division. Division 2 was just like, nope, we're done. We're exclusively on Epic Store now. 
Really? Wow. Pulled, pulled out of steam. Yeah. So could get interesting. Yeah. Huh. Wow. I mean, it's good for developers for sure, but kind of sucks for all those people to have all those different launchers and shit. But I guess if you have, if you're Fortnite, you already have that. So. Yeah, I feel like that move and the stuff that's happening on the PC side is kind of. I mean, I could be way off base, but my thought is that the, that is the beginning of the next wave and what a console is. It's it's not a console; it's a service. So I think what you're going to have is you're going to have a bunch of like fractured services coming about on PC, because we're seeing that now. And I think where you're going to get from consoles in the future or services in the future is you're going to have a PlayStation store and you're going to have a Microsoft store and a Nintendo store. And I think that will even incorporate stuff that we're seeing released on PC because hardware architecture won't be the component to it anymore. Right. It's just the branding and like the cut in the deals. So I think kind of the struggle you're seeing over there in the division in the PC market is going to ultimately lead into what we, we see as, as those companies in the future. I think, there will be maybe two or three dominant stores that sell you games to play through their service that aren't hardware based. I think that's maybe where the future is going. Yeah. Maybe I'm crazy, but I just, it feels like we're kind of there already. Yeah. As far as physical sales dropping off. I think what will happen is maybe Nintendo won't put out hardware anymore. And then <laughs> Nintendo Nintendo will just become like the Disney where it's like, well, yeah, I mean, I could have Netflix, but Disney's got their own streaming service now. My kids really like Disney movies. So <laughs> bye bye Netflix. I guess we're going to whatever Nintendo's got. You know, it's like it's that sort of scenario. It's kind of yeah. like the Blu-ray HD DVD wars all over again. It's going to be <laughs> Nintendo. If Nintendo goes non hardware and becomes a service, it's going to be very hard to rule them out because if they don't allow their stuff to be on other platforms like services, boy, it's going to be tough not to pay that subscription. Isn't it? Cause I want me some yeah, Mario and some Zelda for sure. Yep. But I would say half their games rely on a gimmick that is in their hardware, you know, which is always something That's you can't true. quite do. That's true. Well, it, I mean, half their games are better without the gimmick though. Yeah, I mean, I know Mario Odyssey really wanted me to wiggle my Joy Cons, but fuck that, I didn't. I played with the Pro Controller the whole time, so yeah, maybe they'll finally shake that. I'm sure they can find some way to sell you some ass backwards motion control without a box. They'll figure it out. Can it be gigantic in plastic? Yes, and come okay. with a packet of lube. Yeah. Oh, I see where we're going with this controller. Coming full circle. <laughs> it always comes back to controllers and butts. Hey, I didn't say anything about butts. Way to take you to a dark place, mate. I took us to the dark place with no flashlight. <laughs> Okay, on to the fail bag where we answer 20-year-old questions from old magazines as if they were addressed to us and help these poor suckers out. 
Um, today, we're reading from EGM number 104. Steve from Sacramento. I would really like you guys to come clean about your trick section. I say it is near impossibility to find a cheat code, yet every month we see somebody sends one in. I think you guys, especially the trick man, are working in conjunction with some invisible government agency and several large gaming companies intending to mislead the American people in the biggest cover-up since Roswell. Is the trick man real? Or is he a computer-generated hologram with a bad haircut? Hologram. Wow. It's a government agency. Gotta watch out for that. I she- mean, the real answer is it is a gaming publication that works hand-in-hand with game developers and publishers, so... No. It should it should be no mystery that there are cheat codes. No, it goes way beyond that. This goes to the, straight to the top. Oh my god, I Have you noticed, that. have you noticed, like, when the internet and the freedom of information started flowing out into the world, that's when the cheat codes actually started stopping. What's the internet? It's a series of tubes. Like the hamster tubes? Yeah, like that, and then, yeah, you have to run on it. Somebody runs on it. I don't know where, but with they do. cheat codes to deliver them. Yep, exactly. Oh my gosh, this goes so much deeper than I thought. It's it's massive. It's wide ranging. Actually, you know, like nine eleven. That's when the cheat code stopped. It's kind of weird. Whoa! Damn you, Al Qaeda. Or it could be that they're just talking to the marketing departments of the gaming companies. <laughs> Yes. No, you've convinced me otherwise. I can't <laughs> go with that story now. I've just learned of this internet. I'm curious about these tubes. Is there lighting? Are they colored? Can I bring my gerbil? Because he likes to run in the tubes, not for other reasons. <laughs> uh, no gerbils, only hamsters. That's how the internet started. They like to they like to dance on the internet. If you didn't know you that, do, you don't say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got Alex from Naperville, Illinois. He says, in response to all the girls complaining about how there are there should be more pictures of scantily clad men in your magazine, I'm sorry, but they should be thankful. For oh. Yeah, in your December and February issues, you guys printed a Crash Bandicoot 2 advertisement, and there were, huh, how many? Four muscular men in skimpy leopard skin Speedos. And in what the issue w- is this? I need to look this up in... Uh, 104. Got it. It might be the one before that, then. Okay. And in the WCW versus NWO and WC Nitro ads... There were a total of eight men in spandex wrestling suits. Altogether, 12 men. You really took the time to count yeah. them all out. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a, something else deeper in this question. <laughs> He's singing, it's raining men. <laughs> Looking through the issue, I only found five women in skimpy outfits. So, they should lighten up. This guy's got some issues. I, I mean, think, re- some deeper, deeper issues. Yeah, I think he's... And can you really count like the WCW stuff? Like that's kind of their whole thing. So of course <laughs> yeah. they're going to be like shirtless men. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole market. 
Yeah, that's kind of what they said. They said, I, I don't think he... <laughs> I don't think many females consider giant in his tight wrestling outfield to be particularly sexy. <laughs> uh, yeah. It just reminds me of like that official PlayStation magazine cover with Gex, like standing behind the woman, like putting your, his Gex hands over her boobs to cover them up. And like the scandal that, that caused. Yeah. It's a big deal. Okay, we got Philip from Hazelcrest, Illinois. Since my last letter was a bit too long, I'll shorten this one up and ask the more important questions. First of all, I've owned a 3DO since June 94, and I now own 10 games. That's how far I am for being an enthusiast. At any rate, I'd like to know more about 3DO's next generation hardware. Is it true 64-bit like the Ultra 64, or is it just a wannabe? Second, since the new hardware is coming out, our program is waiting for Bulldog to release new games like Mortal Kombat 3 and Street Fighter, the movie? (laughs) Or are they planning to release them on all of the 32-bit platforms? Thanks for your time, and GameFan is truly the number one. No, it's not. What came after the 3DO? Death. Yeah, it's like I don't think anything came. Yeah, um, that's where it's funny that the, I didn't. I want to read the uh, follow up, the first line because it's hilarious. Um, to preface this, the they were making a second, yeah, 3DO called and the M two. Talked about it. Yep. <laughs> uh, so game fan responds here says, "Dear Philip." The M2 is as real as your, the nose on your face. Yeah. Just love that line. Uh, probably shortly after that, it was canceled. <laughs> How big was the 3DO library? I think not it was really decent. Big. I thought it was decent sized. Okay. It's not like he had 10 games and that was pretty much no, the library. No, it's no, not there's... like virtual buy or anything. It's got to be like in the hundreds, or I mean, there's at least a couple hundred, if not more, games. 162, it looks like. Oh, really? Not even 200, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the whole problem with the ver- or the 3DO is that like their whole model was they designed the blueprint for the architecture of the hardware, but instead of having centralized manufacturing where you manufacture the hardware at a loss and make up your profits off of the games, was their model was they were going to license out the hardware build. So when you had people like, you know, Panasonic and Gold Star manufacturing their consoles, they had to make money off of them because they weren't going to recoup anything from the royalties from the game licensing. So it came out at prices like, you know, $800 and stuff. And this is back in, you know, 1992, um, So that just really kind of killed it. So if you can't get right. an install base, no matter how good your hardware is, then I would argue that. I know not everybody agrees, and I got a comment on my last video from 16BitGum. He didn't agree with my assessment of the 3DO, but I think like the hardware inherently didn't have anything wrong with it. But if you can't get it into you know people's living rooms, no matter how good a game is, it it just it isn't going to go anywhere. Because there's you look at like the first Need for Speed, you look at things like Shockwave, Wing Commander. Um, there are some Gex. There are some solid games there. It just it didn't matter. Because they couldn't get the install base, and by the time the PlayStation came out and the Saturn was out, 
it was already kind of done. And realistically, like it's not like the home console market at that point was anywhere near the scale it is now. So the thought that it could support four mainline consoles, it's just <laughs> kind of absurd. Yeah, looking at the some of the games, I didn't know Mega Man X three was coming to it. Really? Never came well, out. That would have been, but... been a killer app. It would have looked great. Yep. And Rayman. That would have also been good. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, game that you have that you got from me, Icebreaker? Yeah. They made a sequel to it in 2007 for the 3DO. Really? Just so you know. Who is still putting out games in 2007 <laughs> for the 3DO? I, I bet that thing's worth a fortune. Yeah, I don't know. There's, yeah, they made four different games in 2007. Yeah. And then they were like, what? We're still making 3DO games? That's nuts. I think that is really insane. The 3DO's like biggest detriment, I think, was like it, it had a pretty good ability to push like 3D graphics, but before really the analog stick had been pioneered, like, man, it's it's tough, it's tough. to control those games. Mm-hmm. You know, even even with the first iteration of the PlayStation controller, it's rough. The Jaguar, you see it, too. It's just like those those first attempts. No matter how cool you can make it look in a 3D world, if you can't control it worth a damn, it's just frustrating. Yeah. Twin sticks revolutionized all that. Well, I guess, like, I guess the 64 and its analog joystick did, but even those games don't control anywhere near anything else. Saturn did it first. Well, <laughs> they didn't use did it very it, well, though. Did it? They packaged it with knights. Yeah, I actually really liked the way it felt on the Saturn, like that weird round kind of like rolly ball. It was cool. Yep. It it felt cool. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna support the 3DO. I think it's a cool system. We're going to have a stream sometime or some yeah, sort of I'm video. Yeah, we're going to play one someday. Yeah, we decided we were going to have to do a live stream where we play all the American Laser Active games just because they're so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We'll sit down and laugh at them. I have plumbers, too. Oh, that's right. You do have plumbers. Yeah, and I got Space Pirates. And we got Mad Dog. We got the Mad Dog Collection. Uh, this Jurassic Park one I just bought is going to be added to that list. <laughs> is it a light gun game or is that? No, it's just kind of like an interactive thing. It's really weird, though. Which ones did you buy? You bought that one, you bought Um What else? Kingdoms something something. Oh, that's right. Syndicate, which that's well whatever. Command uh, and Conquer or whatever or whatever it's called. Oh, Return Fire, yeah. There you go, yeah. That one. Uh Psychic Detav- Detective, which that's oh, pretty that's good right. too. I was pretty jealous of that because I have always had disc two, but I don't have disc one. So I can never play it. <laughs> sure. I'll yeah, it's it got some. Day. That's some good. Got. <clears throat> it's got some really good uh, FMV in there. FMV. Yeah. 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 Riveting yeah. stuff coming to a streaming service near you. <laughs> Playing games you didn't even know existed, or cared to watch, or better off not knowing existed. Okay, I'm just going to throw these out here and see if you agree or disagree. 
The question is, what games would you like to see re revived for today's systems? <clears throat> Ken said he would like to see a Tron game. What do you guys think? Yeah? I mean, yes. sure. I'd rather have another Tron movie, but... Okay, but I feel like that we've we've gotten some of those, and they've also not been great. So. Well, that really wasn't a great Tron game. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, do you stick to the games that are in Tron the movie then? And those are like the most basic, like eight bit games that you can make, right? Right, right. Because the arcade was okay; it wasn't great, right? And then there was some stuff last gen for it. I mean, there have been. On the 360 and PS3 Tron games and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. And those got, like, middling reviews. I think, like, the best way you do is you do a third-person, over-the-shoulder perspective, like, duck-and-cover system, sort of like Gears of War-ish, but, like, your Tron disc is your, like, weapon. And oh, sure. It doesn't, it doesn't follow the narrative of the story of the movie, necessarily, but just, like, a subplot within the world would be pretty cool. Huh, yeah. Uh, how about Kangaroo for Atari? Why did that go away? Well, I guess it didn't. It came back on the GameCube as KO. Is that the same one? It, I think that's the spiritual really? uh, successor, yes. Wow, okay. Did not know that. I, I'm I'm talking on my ass on that because I don't know any facts for sure, but I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> that's the tie-in. So. Sure. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I, I always felt like it was. I loved that game. The music was great. Another another game on the Atari 2600 that was kind of impressive because it had multiple stages. I don't know. It was very King Kong-ish, I, I guess, with a little more charm. You know, Mother Kangaroo saving her Joey, I guess. Yeah. So, and, you know, further proof that monkeys are assholes. They're just <laughs> at you. So. At least I hope it was fruit. It might have been poo. We're not oh, sure. Oh, man. It is monkeys. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe that just disappeared. Great game. Great arcade game. Yeah. Great music, too. I'd take any one of those. How about Kangaroo in VR? Boy, that would be kind of... Yeah, I could see it. be like Jumping Flash-ish. Yeah. Might be a lot of motion. But yeah. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. How about a 3D river raid? What, what's that? Uh, Is it the airplane what? game with the fuel? No, river raid. Um, old Atari game. I'm not even sure what it looks like. Yeah, I think you fly up vertically and then you have to pick up fuel containers to keep going. Um, hold on, let me see if I'm picturing the right game. Take our cards away. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's what you do. You know fly it. up a river and then you have to gather fuel so you can keep going and not get shot. And sure. Stuff. That's yeah. You're I right. I was I was thinking that that's what it was right away too. And then I'm like, no, that's Barnstormer. And it's like, no. This oh is, yeah. Yeah. I feel like River Eight is like any modern flight game. So yeah, we're there. We're it's a good. shooter. Right. Yep. Ace Combat Seven coming out. We'll cover that. And that's in VR. So. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh... This guy wants a new Gorf game. I don't know if that's going to happen. Gorf. Text adventure. I don't think that's probably <laughs> nope. in the cards. Sorry. Um, Bubsy. He says, I think 
Bubby Bubsy needs to be revived, even if Bubsy 3D sucked. Uh, yeah, Ryan, what do you think about that? I wouldn't say Bubsy has ever needed to be revived. I will say he has been, and uh, and he shouldn't have. It didn't get much better. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess if you like paying thirty dollars for what equivalent or what it equals out to like a ninety minute game, it's it was an enjoyable ish ninety minute game, but I didn't need that. And there's another one coming out next year. On really? Yeah, there's a That's endless insane. runner. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love Bubsy 1. In love might be a little strong. I think that was an enjoyable game, which Nate just bought. Is that the one I picked up this weekend? Yeah. But I will say it it was all kind of downhill from there. And that Jaguar one. Whoo! (laughs) Let me tell you. I mean, it's good by Jaguar standards, but that ain't saying much. Yeah, that's a, I don't know. There's a good game in Bubsy, but I never saw it. <laughs> no. They're still working on yeah. it. It would just help if they hadn't made Bubsy such an asshole. Like his one-liners are the oh, worst. I think they know, I think that's what they're trying to do, though. Like in that new one, they, you could turn up how many times he said one-liners. Yeah, you could take it to like obnoxious. Like they know the love. <laughs> they know what they're doing. <laughs> so bad. All right. Well, anything that you guys have off the top of your head that you would like to see anyone of? I would like to see a new Kaboom. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. I would like to see it packaged with its own like Bluetooth enabled like <laughs> paddle pad for the PS4. I think that would be pretty epic. I could go for that. I don't need much, just some maybe better visuals. I want him to look like a real convict. You'll see some veins in those arms when he's lugging oh, wow. arms over the wall. Yeah. HD, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Bricks in the actual wall, not just like a solid color. Right? Yeah. I could go for that. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm I'm struggling too. Like pretty much every good game um, mechanic has at least been held into a diff- different game at least. If it, even And I'm scared to uh Stunt Race if make a remake of my favorite games. Stunt I want race a new Stunt Race game. I want a new goddamn Stunt Race game. Uniracers? No, <laughs> fuck Uniracers. We can have Stunt Race, FX, Deluxe U, Wii, Collector's Edition for the Switch. There you go. How about Stunt Race, FX, Cross Uniracers, where the worlds combine? And you get unicycles and cars racing on one track. Can we have, like, <laughs> can we have hard driving in there, too? What? Crazy taxi. Hard driving can be like the uh, the guy that floats around in the track at Mario Kart. What's his name? Uh, Lakitu. Lakitu. Yeah, he, yeah, it's like the Lakitu. It like waves the flag for you to start, but it doesn't. <laughs> he, d- he doesn't get to play. <laughs> no, he's just there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would love that. 
that's pretty funny. Yeah. Can't think. Can't think. There's anything else. That would probably be it. F zero. Oh yeah. But F zero is fun. Yeah. I don't love F zero though. Like it's a good game. I don't. I personally don't love it. Well, I personally think you're a bitch. Well, you can shut up. Maybe I will. I wish there was a racing game like in the middle, like not so hardcore as F Zero and like not bullshit like Mario Kart. You know. Well, they have that game, and it's now free on PSN. It's called Onrush, or it was. Well, there, yeah, there you go. Which I played. I forgot to mention that I played that. That is mildly entertaining for a race or two at a time. Yeah. I have it, but haven't played it yet. That's good. We should all party up and do it. Yeah. It just sucks we that you should. can't avoid the drive through the gates one, because that is the worst. Yeah. I don't know if I played that mode one. Yeah, it's like drive through the gates, and there's like two green like colored gates you have to drive through. Oh. It's stupid. Huh. <clears throat> Maybe Seaman also. We get a sequel to Seaman. Well... Nimoy's dead now, so who do you who do you cast as the sea man? Shatner. Obviously. Oh boy. Zachary Quinto. <laughs> Except maybe we take it like differently. It's like you go with like mammals this time, like Catman. It's just a cat with Shatner's <laughs> face on it. <laughs> I think that's Garfield. <laughs> Wait, I regret this. I take this back. We're not doing it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I flew too close to the sun. <laughs> uh, okay, well, we can end it then if you want to. You can send your comments, questions, concerns to weekendrentalpodcast at gmail.com. We haven't had an email in a while. Send one to us. We'll respond and talk about it in our next podcast, I'm sure. Uh, you can uh, check us out on Twitter. And then make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. That helps us out a ton. And as always, go to weekendpodcast.com. Be kind. Rewind. See you later. You said that with some authority. <laughs> it was good. Bananas. Well, you, know what, you know what you forgot? What? Bananas. Oh. Cooter scooter. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. I knew it. <laughs> you leaned in all creepy. I waited the whole time <laughs> to make. <laughs> Don't do that. No. <laughs> Gone too far. <laughs>